Hey everybody, this is Don Newman and this is Living a Life Worth Remembering. Uh, this is the show that's dedicated to helping you and I live a life that would continue to live on even after our own lifetime has ended. I'm very, very excited about my guest today. Uh, he's somebody I met several years ago. I think it was like a divine appointment that I, I ran into him because I just connected to him and uh, his uh, music and his heart and have kind of stayed up with him uh, over the years. Uh, today joining me is going to be uh, Mitch Rossell. I want to read something that's actually from his website. I think is really cool uh, sharing about him before I introduce him. Uh, Mitch Rossell is originally from the hills of East Tennessee. He's blazing a trail through the world of country music. His prophetic, uh, his great songwriting and unique artistry has garnered the unshakable support of fans across the nation and abroad with a tenacious work ethic and no shortcut approach. He's laid the foundation for a promising uh, career. In the mid, two, in mid two, 2014, Rossell's work caught the attention of his all-time favorite artist and country music legend, Garth Brooks. Brooks is quoted as saying, Mitch Rossell has one of those voices that spins your head around the second you hear it. But that is only the beginning. Once he has your attention, get ready for some of the best lyrics and melodies you've ever heard. And in the summer of 2016, Brooks invited Rossell to open shows on his record-setting world tour with just an acoustic guitar. Rossell took the stage night after night winning over thousands of new fans and often receiving standing ovations for previously unheard original material. In 2017, Brooks released the single, Ask Me How I Know. What an incredible song. And it was written uh, by Mitch Rossell. And it took uh, Garth Brooks to his first number one single since 2007. That's so awesome. Uh, Mitch, welcome to Living a Life Worth Remembering. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You made me sound, you made me sound pretty cool on that thing. <laughs> Hope I don't disappoint. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you're not going to disappoint at all. I, I was very excited about having you on this uh, particular episode. And uh, the title that I'm using for this episode is Chasing Down Your Dreams While Building Up Your Legacy. I got to tell you, I was, uh, you know, you and I have had just a couple little conversations on Instagram uh, I don't know. Do you remember meeting me at Tootsie's at the airport in Nashville? Yeah, I do actually. Yeah. 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 That was right after CMA Fest. My wife and I, we had two hours to hang out yep. and we went there and you were playing and it was one of my favorite memories uh, because, you know, we weren't in a hurry and we just hung out there and I think we kept ordering drinks or ordering food or whatever so we could hang out in there. And yep. uh, it was just great hearing you, uh, your music and then just talking with you. I just remember your heart, but the thing that I loved about connecting with you and hearing your heart is this, and, and I'm not saying you're perfect, I'm perfect, but I love what I heard even Trisha Yearwood say about you, that you're, you know, you're a great father, you're a great friend, you're a great husband. Um, you know, to see somebody that's pursuing their dreams, but yet their family matters, legacy matters. Um, that's, that's what this show is all about. You know, as I connect with CEOs, as I connect with, uh, pastors or different people, you know, I'm connecting with people that I know there's something that they're doing that, uh, is significant in the world, but they're thinking somewhere in the back of their mind, somewhere they're thinking about, Hey, this matters most. 
I'm going to be able to, to pursue my dream. I'm going to be able to go after this, but I'm not going to lose this on the way. And so uh, tell me, uh, just share a little bit about your journey of chasing your own dream, you know, how it began and just kind of the road that you've been on. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it started kind of late for me. I didn't start playing guitar until I was, um, almost my freshman year of college. It was the summer before my freshman year of college. So started pretty late, uh, had no intentions of doing music for a living. Um, I was kind of raised to, to do the doctor or lawyer thing. You know, it's like every parent wants the best. And, um, so I, I kind of had that in my mind, went to college and, uh, that first year I just, I was like a love affair with that guitar. I just, couldn't put it down. Um, I, I loved to write in high school. I loved English. I loved history. I loved just anything that was storytelling or poetry, whatever, anything, anything writing I was always pretty good at. And so it kind of just naturally transitioned to songwriting. And so started doing that and it was, it was just cool to watch people respond and be like, man, you're, you're actually pretty good at this. And I was like, nah, nah, it's just like, I just, it's fun. I love it. But I didn't really have that belief in myself for a lot of reasons, but, um, a long story short, went home after my freshman year of college. I, I was in Virginia Tech, uh, and I had no, no prior friends and prior family in that area. So I was kind of just going and just doing it, meeting new people, and ended up going back home. And uh, my uncle heard some stuff I'd been writing, and he knew a guy named Mark Gray, who uh, Mark wrote The Closer You Get for Alabama, Take Me Down. Um, he wrote several songs back in the 80s. He was an artist himself, unbelievable singer, unbelievable piano player. And he had had a stroke and his, his wife and him had moved back to the Chattanooga area, which is where my grandparents live. And um, my uncle knew him. And so he took me to him and he kind of instilled a little bit of confidence in me that, that I could do this. Cause he was, you know, he was approached a lot by people and he, he had never taken anybody under his wing until me. And so that whole summer that I met him uh, between my freshman and sophomore year of college, I just learned how to craft songs, you know, um, we didn't really write together, but he just, I would write every day and I would bring him a song and he'd go, yeah, that, this is great, but you know, this chord change doesn't really make sense here. Or this, you know, did you think about this? Did you think about how it does this in the court or whatever, you know, got to give the song some air, you know, things like that, that I learned. Um, and that really instilled a lot of confidence in me that I could, that I could do it. And so I had started college and I'm, I don't know, I was raised to, when you start something, you, you finish it. And so I, I did, despite my hatred of, of school, <laughs> I, uh, I pushed through and graduated. Uh, and about 15 days later, I moved to Nashville. So just started, I really just moved to be a songwriter. Honestly, I didn't, didn't want to do the artist thing. Um, so I started writing songs in Nashville, uh, just doing what I was already doing and um, working on a couple of, kind of dead end jobs that I knew were just to pay to pay the bills. And when, uh, I got the opportunity to go on a cruise with the Zach Brown band, and that's another story for a different day, but <laughs> the, the bank I was working for wasn't going to let me do that. And so I quit sensibly. I quit. Right. Uh, so I had no idea what I was going to do when I got back, but it was by the grace of God. I've been praying about it. I, I literally pulled into the port to get on this cruise ship and I got a call from Tootsie's in Nashville and they had seen some of my videos on YouTube and said, Hey, we want you to come play and try out for us. And I was like, well, I'm getting on this cruise. I'll be back, you know, Monday, whatever. So I went out, tried out that, that Friday. I played the main stage Tootsies with a band. I'd never played with a band before. And they just threw me in the fire. And from there I started playing gigs every week to pay the bills. And I just fell in love with, with the artist side of things. I fell in love with live shows. I fell in love with people and that energy and that interaction with people. And, 
from there, that love, you know, kind of grew um, and coupled the songwriting with the artistry. And here I am trying to trying to do it, you know. So that's that's kind of the foundation, I guess, story of it. Well, that's amazing. Um, you know, as I'm listening to you, because I've listened to a bunch of interviews and mm-hmm. heard you share on different things. And, you know, I definitely heard that you were, man, from Virginia Tech to uh, to UT. Mm-hmm. And uh, where's your alliances on that? Oh, I'm a, I'm a Vols fan. I went to UTC, so it's, it's a sister school of UTK. But I grew up in East Tennessee, man. And, and as a kid, I mean, it was, it was Vols football. That's all, that's all we, we, we cared about, you know. And then I went through my rebellious stage where I, you know, I grew up on country music. I grew up listening to the Vols. I grew up, you know, all those things. And then I went through my re- rebellious stage where I stopped listening to country. I stopped cheering for the Vols. I had to go through that kind of identity <laughs> crisis thing, you know, that I think a lot of kids go through. I was always that kid that, had to be different, you know, and, uh, and it took me being different and moving to Virginia and, and seeing things that I, I loved Virginia. I loved being there. Um, but it, it also made me appreciate where I was from. It made me appreciate who I was, uh, to my core, you know, and yeah. it kind of brought me back full circle, kind of back home, so to speak. And so from there on, I just, uh, I started listening to country music again and, um, started cheering for the Vols again, and I still love VT. Still cheer for them. Still want them to do well. But the Vols, man, it's in my blood. I really, it really is. Like I get, I get sad, like physically sad when the Vols lose. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's it's something I can't, I can't shake. That's awesome, man. That means that uh, I don't know if you can see over my right shoulder. You'll see a football that's got a Seminole head on it. That yep. means you and I have a common enemy. Yeah, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I'm sorry for any Florida fans that might hear this, but Florida is my most hated team in the country. <laughs> if we go, if we go one and eleven, but the one win is Florida, it's a good year for me. Yeah, like I, I just can't, I can't do it. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Well, football's back. So yeah, amen. Praise the Lord for that. Uh, but one of the things I loved hearing uh, when you were sharing your story is, um, you know, sometimes we discover our gift. Sometimes our gift discovers us. Sure. And um, the fact that you were out there and you were doing it and, and like you said, committing yourself, you know, you, you found yourself coming into something that you didn't even know beforehand. Yeah. And I love that because, you know, so many people that don't have a vision or don't have a dream, they quit moving, they quit mm-hmm. living. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I love the fact that, you know, it wasn't like, uh, you know, I know the story, you know, your dad, the inspiration there and that song and how special that is. But the fact that, you know, you, you started uh, just by playing, was going to be a songwriter. And now, you, you know, you really are an artist. I'll tell you something. Um, um, I just, <laughs> there's people that just don't know about you. Um, there are some songs that, that uh, you've written that I'm listening to and I'm like, you know, uh, like I'm a big Craig Morgan fan. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, what, you know, when he talks about Sunday, you know, what I love about Sunday. I mean, uh, my wife and I were pastoring a church for a while. We were going to play that in church. Yeah. It summed up what we felt and thought, but like, you know, I was listening to some of these songs and they're just like, it's like you are a storyteller. Mm. Um, you know, as I'm sitting there listening Last night, in fact, uh, one of my favorite songs is uh, Mine Was a Back Road. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sitting there listening to it. And I'm going, this is me. If I had hair and I could sing and I could <laughs> play guitar, I would be Mitch Rossell. Uh, 
I mean, because when you talk about one red light and a piggly wiggly, mm -hmm. that's where I grew up in North Florida. Yep. And, uh, you know, and I think that's what I love. Why do country music fans, which I'm a huge country music fan, what do we love about it? It's storytelling. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I love about it. I mean, it's it's changed a lot, you know, and that's one thing I think it's been it's been hard for me as an artist uh, to break through is because it, it's not really the, the same format that it used to be. Uh, yeah. but I'm, I'm thinking we're, I feel a, a shift, I think maybe going back to a little more storytelling, a little more depth to the lyric, which is, it's just what I do. I mean, I, I could chase and try to do what other people do, but it's just going to be a watered down version of what they do. And I'm not going to be happy. So I may not ever be big and famous, but I just, I, I can, I got to write stuff that makes me feel something, you know, I got to write stuff that makes me, makes me think and provokes thought. So yeah, yeah. yeah I appreciate that. Yeah. I, well, I encourage you to keep writing it because, um, you know, God's God girls in football mm. that again. Yeah. Man, did, did you see me when I was playing high school <laughs> football? Well, I mean, we're all, so it's, that's what's cool is like when you, when you write from your heart, it's like you, you're really, I mean, most of us have experienced very similar things. And even if the story isn't exactly what you experienced, just, it's just the same thing as like when I, if I have a great song idea or, or a co-writer has a great song idea, doesn't mean that I've actually experienced that specific idea, but I guarantee you that I've experienced the emotion that's attached to that idea, whether it's sad or happy or, you know, heartbroken, whatever it is, I've experienced that. So I can tie that, that experience that I've had to this idea and then it becomes more real for me. And then when it becomes more real for me, it becomes more real for you as the listener, I think, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I could relate to just about every one of your songs. I think my favorite, um, you know, which I love all of them is American dream. Oh, wow. Yeah. Thanks. Um, you know, the video is awesome. Thank you. Thank you know, uh, I sent it to my son, my son and I are very close. I mean, he'll be waiting for me to watch the FSU game this afternoon. That's awesome. Uh, but uh, he's a mechanic. And, um, oh, wow. Yeah. And, and I see his little boy walking around the shop with him because mm -hmm. he's got a, a big shop at home. Yeah. And, uh, and him and I have been talking about legacy uh, and talking about passing that on. And so when I saw the video, I sent it to him and I said, You got to see this. I think you'll really, really like this. So just the storytelling. Tell me what it was like, you know, writing a number one song in touring with Garth Brooks. What was that? What was that like? Yeah, it's always uh, it's a popular question, but one I always find myself kind of struggling to put into words, which is rare for me. But uh, it was just so surreal. You know, you just, you, you don't even dream about stuff like that. I didn't. I mean, I dreamed about a lot of things. I dreamed about getting cuts. I dreamed about having success. And I thought I knew I could do it. I knew that it, I was capable of doing it. If, you know, God was, it had that in my, in his will for me, you know. But when it's a guy like Garth Brooks, I mean, it's not just – I know some people may, um, may think, oh, you know, he says Garth's his favorite artist because conveniently he, he knows Garth. And he's – I have proof. I have, I have interviews I've done. I have, you know, things, interviews, write-ups, video, whatever, where I've said Garth Brooks is – he's like the biggest influence on me as a songwriter, as an artist. You can hear it in the way I emote when I sing, I mean, it's, he has been such a huge impact on me musically. And then now maybe even more as a person, which is pretty amazing. Uh, and it, it not amazing anything to do with me, but 
for him. I mean, just as, as a person, the caliber of human being he is has inspired me and it inspires everybody around him. But, um, yeah, I mean, going through that and just living that, it, it was just flat out surreal. I mean, there was literally a period of time where I wondered if I was dreaming. I knew I wasn't, but I would just sit there. Like I, I, I do my thinking in the shower. I just sit in the shower and I like I pray and I think, and I kind of like decompress from the day and all that. And so I, I just remember being in the shower so many nights and going, is this, is this for real? Like, is this really happening? I mean, is it, I don't know. It was just, it was crazy. And then being out on that tour and just here, here I am, this unsigned, very little known artist. Like you said earlier, going out and playing three to four original songs that no one had heard before. And I'm doing it on the biggest tour ever in North American history, the biggest tour in history of any genre. It's like, that doesn't make any sense. You know, it just doesn't make sense. But tell you what man it doesn't make sense because god doesn't make sense all the time with thing, things that he does you know what i mean like in our in our little minds you know what i mean it makes sense but he he doesn't do things small he does things when he does them he puts a stamp on it you know yeah and it's like i i was not conventional i didn't do it the conventional way i had nothing about my story makes any sense at all but what i did do was stuck to my guns and what i did do was stuck with my convictions and I think that's what paid off in the end was that by the grace of God, I did not give in to just quitting or doing what everybody else wanted me to do or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I did what I believed I was meant to do and what he gave me a gift to do. And that's tell stories and write things that again, make you think. And so if I hadn't done that, I know Garth wouldn't have, wouldn't have probably gravitated towards me anyways. So it's just, it's just really cool. It's a testament to you know, faith and God's grace and, his, uh, his will, you know? Yeah. I love it. Um, God, yeah, God is the, is the holder of everything. Amen. And, um, you know, when, uh, I love when the word talks about our gift will make room for you. And, yeah. um, you know, you think about, you know, um, I love your family, uh, you know, just pictures you've shared, uh, your sons are rivers. Is it Renan? Renan. Yeah. Rivers and yeah. Renan. Yeah cute boys. Thank and, you. uh, you know, it's like, as I love looking at children, I've got, uh, six grandchildren and I look and I actually, uh, journal to them, my prayers and thoughts and my goals to give them the journal when they get married. That's awesome, man. And, I'm actually uh, doing a similar thing. My dad did that for me. Really? My, probably my most cherished possession is a, is a diary that he left me. Um, and, uh, you know, of course, as you know, I only had that for, uh, I guess he started when I was a baby and you know, he passed when I was 10. So, um, so, you know, I got 10 years of, and then there were, there were lapses at times, you know, where he just didn't write in as wow. much, but, but I got, a I got a lot of just great, great things in there that I, I go to and just read and just understanding him. It's really cool. It's definitely something that means a ton to me. So I, they're going to love that. That's awesome. That, that I always tell people, uh, cause I'm always out speaking and <clears throat> talking to people, writers, about, you know, don't, don't take it to the grave. Yeah. Don't, I mean, the minimum is journal it, but I'll, I'll tell them, you know, what have I told you that I had a journal from your great grandparents that yeah. prayers that they prayed, what would that be worth to you? Oh my uh, gosh. So good. It gives me chills just hearing you say that. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's yeah. just so cool. I mean, it adds to what I've already heard you share about your dad. Well, 
you know, climbing that ladder, you know, there's a lot of, again, there's a lot of people that I bring on here and, and we'll talk and laugh and have a good time. But at the end, whatever impact that I can make through this and through all the other things I'm doing, you know, I'm wanting to help people achieve what God's called them to do, the gift that's within them. And a common conversation that we have, uh, you know, several of my ministry friends that uh, I've interviewed on here that I'm close with, you know, we'll look and, you know, obviously nobody's perfect. Thank, thankful for the grace of God uh, mm -hmm. for all of us. But uh, you'll see somebody that will pursue something, go after it, but then lose what matters most. And, you know, and all of us are like, man, that doesn't have to be. What, what can we do to help with that? What, you know, you seeing, because I loved, you know, one of the things you and I were talking about, uh, a statement that you made to me about, look, I'm going to pursue this, but I never want to lose my boys. Never want to lose my family. What, um, what are the things that you're learning or that you're seeing that uh, you'd say, how, what's the key to climbing that ladder, being successful, fulfilling the dream, but uh, keeping the main thing, the main thing. Yeah. I mean, I, this is, um, definitely don't pretend to have the answers, you know, to this, it's always evolving. It's always changing and it's always, Hey, you know, if, if somebody's hearing this and you have some good advice, I'm, I'm all ears. But I think, um, I think you have to have that, you know, if you, you have to put that, um, what you just said, you have to put that thought in your head first and you have to, um, you have to commit to it verbally. You have to put it into the atmosphere, so to speak. You know what I mean? Um, and then from there, I think for me, it's, it's, um, just understanding that, um, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction, right? So I go on the road. That's an action. The, the, the result of that is that my family has now does not have my presence for two to four days. So when I get home, how do I offset that, that, that scale? You know what I mean? That's for me, it's, I take my rivers mainly cause Renan is still a baby. So he, he's, I, I'm kind of useless for Tim right now, except for <laughs> at the house, just playing with him, whatever. But, um, but rivers, I take him to the golf course. I'll take him, you know, where, wherever with me, I'll take him to the store with me. I'll take him to the hardware store. I'll take him, you know, wherever, just, just to hang with dad for a little bit. And then I, I start tipping those scales back. You know what I mean? And when I'm home, I try to tip them this way, you know, and, and, and do as much to get, you know, that quality time with him and, and with Renan at home and, uh, as I can. And then for my wife, it's, it's always, uh, our thing is in the evenings, um, we sit down and we watch a movie together. Uh, sometimes we'll have a glass of wine. Um, but we, we eat home, at home mostly she cooks most nights and we, uh, we just sit down together on the couch and, catch up and watch a movie and just hang, you know what I mean? And that's, that's our time to really kind of get, get in touch with what's going on with each other and you know, what happened that day and uh, what we need to do the next day or whatever it is, you know, I catch up, catch her up on, you know, the house and, and career and all this stuff. And like I said, it's always changing because our lives are always changing. Our kids are getting older. Uh, our marriage dynamics changing because we're getting older and we're in different places in life. We're in different seasons. We you know we're, so you're always having to kind of adjust and, and dial things back and crank things up. And you just have to be, um, I guess you just have to be try to be hyper, as hyper aware as you can, you know, and, and really um, ask questions and don't assume that people are okay. You know, I think marriage is communication, right? You know, yeah. it's like we just sit there, we keep kind of doing the same things until one day we both don't love each other anymore, you know? And it's like, man, you got to, it's like you got to just ask the question, Hey, are, are you, how are you doing? Am I doing things the way that 
you would hope I'm doing them? Am I, am I giving you the things you need? Like, is there anything that I can do better? You know, it's a simple question. It takes 10 seconds, but it's amazing. Number one, it shows your partner that you care, I think. And that goes a long way. And then if there are things that, you know, she's like, Hey, you know, I just wish that you would be a little more attentive in this time or, you know, don't be on your phone doing this or whatever. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I I shouldn't have done that. I should have whatever, you know, and I'm always trying to get better at it. So it's tough, tough in in any climate, but especially nowadays where there's so many things demanding our attention, you know, and with what I'm doing, it's always a struggle because with what I do, I have to be on social media. I have to be. It's like the way that a guy in my position as an independent artist, that's the only way I can connect with people. So it's such a balancing act because I don't naturally do social media anyways. Like I'm such a in-person guy. Like I like to have meaningful conversations in person and I don't really like posting about myself. It's not my personality. I just don't, I don't know. I don't think I'm that interesting. I guess I'm just like, I don't want to, I don't want to like create this, you know, it's not natural for me. So, but I still, I still have to work at it and, and get, let people know what's going on and um, try to, I love interacting with my fans for sure. Um, but again, it's a balance because I don't want to be the dad that's like this all the time. I don't want to be the husband that's like this all the time. I don't want my kids to grow up, you know, watching me literally stare at my phone all day. You know, that's not, I don't think that's healthy. So just trying to do the best I can with it. So, man, I tell you what, for somebody that says I don't have all the answers, uh, you just put out enough there that has made me convicted. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I mean, I mean, my wife's shaking her head right now. Um, you know, <laughs> seriously, um, what you just said in that little time period, uh, I can tell that you're a very thoughtful person and that um, you really think about things because what you said in that period of time, that could be a whole marriage seminar, a whole weekend. And uh, people would just, you know, do that, yep. and do some of those different things because I'm, you know, I, I'm very guilty of the social media stuff because I'm out there. I mean, I I love connecting with people. I love the personal like this, but I'm just constantly, you know, connecting with people and um, you know, and we have to, you know, and she'll remind me and she's right. Hey, it's dinner. What's your phone doing here? Yep. And uh, well, I just need to do this one thing. I I, I just, let me tell them, uh, you know, and uh, you know, and, and, and she's great. And you know, about, saying, Hey, you know what? Uh, time to turn work off. You know, that, I don't know about you. I don't know what you, you know, your whole schedule is like, but you know, for all of us that uh, are working remote now, the difficult thing is, is you're in the office at home and then you're still at that home office. Yeah. Yeah. You know, hard, it's a- hard to know when to switch off. Yeah. My yeah. Business, it's, it's difficult too, because when I don't have, I don't have a schedule, you know what I mean? I, I don't, I mean, I could be, I could be so slammed busy for four straight days for 14 hour days. And then I'll have three days where it's like, what, what am I doing? <laughs> like nothing going on really, you know, it's like, so it's a little bit all over the place. And you know, at night you might take a call to, to, you know, catch up with a songwriter buddy about this and you're working on this song and it's just, you know, yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, it's tough to, to get in a rhythm and a routine, um, which my wife is unbelievable she is I literally would not survive without her, especially with our boys. She, she keeps such a great structure for them and a great routine for them. 
and she's, she's home, you know, that's, that was a big thing for both of us. And it's just, God, I can see how it has shaped my boys already. I mean, we have such good boys. I mean, they're really good kids and they're, you know, they're boys and they're rambunctious and they're into things and all that, but they're good, sweet hearted, just very, very kind, um, healthy, you know, they don't, they don't have, you know, anxiety or fears or any of those things. We, we just have, she has such a great structure for them. And I think it's so crucial for those early years, you know, and uh, I just admire her for being able to keep that because with us, with what I do, it makes it tough. You know, she's, she's having to bounce off of my schedule a lot. And I mean, one day I might be, you know, might be gone all day and the next day I'm home all day, you know, yeah. and I'm working, working on both days, but doing different things. And it's just, it's, it's tough, but she does a great job. No, that's great. I, I, I love what you're saying. I love every bit of this. And, you know, you never know who's going to hear this. And um, yeah. it'll be something that'll just stick there that will yeah. help guide them and uh, may save them a lot of heartache and okay. stuff. Uh, you know, God has, you know, one, one of my favorite Bible teachers, he said, um, you know, the reason God created marriage was to kill us. <laughs> that... Uh, <laughs> And it's funny when you think about it, I mean, he meant it in a funny way, but talked yeah. about how, you know, here it is, you got a relationship where two people have got to quit being themselves and become mm-hmm. something greater than that. Yep. Amen. I just love hearing that, uh, you know, from you. And uh, again, you're, you're, I don't have all the answers myself, but what you said, uh, if, if we did the interview and just talked about that, that was so mm-hmm. worth hearing, uh, you know, from you and stuff. Uh, just want to talk about one song and then I want to hear about what's next uh, for you and what you're seeing out in the future. Not that we can see past everything we're going through right now. Sure. Yeah. You know, who would have thought, you know, we'd be going through this, but uh, we're going to get through it. God's going to get us through it and uh, we're going to see better days ahead. And, um, but I love your newest song. uh, Then again, um, what was the, you know, where did the inspiration come from? Or is there anything about that song that really, ha- where you, where that came to? Yeah, for me, I think, uh, it, it's one of those cool moments, rare moments where, um, you know, uh, I, I definitely am someone who, who loves hooks and I have a lot of those ideas that have that twist, you know, but this was actually, I think that was Gary Burr's idea, my, my co-writer. And, um, he just had the title then again, and he was kind of thinking, Hey, you know, then again, then again, you know, we were trying to figure out how to, how to play it. And, um, I definitely live that song, you know, um, more times than once, but, but especially with my, with my wife, because we, we actually split for a while, uh, early on we dated and then we split up and, um, it, it took some things happening for me to see, uh, mostly the error within myself. Um, but also some of the things about her that I really loved that I didn't realize I loved, you know, and the things that I really appreciated that I didn't realize how much I appreciated, you know? And so, um, so it kind of, it kind of was, was, um, born from Gary's idea. And then from me going, man, I can, I can relate to this, you know, like I'm, I'm a stubborn freaking moron, like all of us sometimes, you know, it just, and, and I've, I've lived through plenty of that and learned a lot from it and, um, you know, been the dumb boy. So I just, I just wrote from the heart. He wrote from the heart. I mean, and it just, it just became such a cool song in my opinion. I love that song. I really, I, I still I still feel something every time I listen to it, and uh, that's that's 
that's always a good sign when you're the one doing it. Cause by the time usually I'm done mixing something, I'm ready to can it. I'm so tired of hearing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's been a, it's been a really rewarding and awesome process and I'm really proud of it for sure. No, that's an awesome song. And I had said to uh, Tracy the other night when I was listening to it, I said, you know, every time I hear it, it's a beautiful song. I mean, as a love song and as a, you know, as a ballad or, but I said, you know, the then again, I said, do you know, you could preach a sermon about then again. Yeah. If people could learn, you know, uh, to, I call it respond up and take the moment and say, yeah, I feel this way. But then again, I want my life to turn out this way. Yep. Amen. And, uh, so it's a powerful, powerful statement in that then again. Yep. Just a beautiful song. Well, tell everybody what, uh, I mean, not that we can see everything again, but what, what do you see next? What are you working on or what do you see coming up? Uh, yeah, for me, I mean, I've spent quarantine just working my tail off. I've been recording a ton. I have been shooting music videos. We have several videos right now that are done that, you know, we're just trying to figure out the releases. That's awesome. um, and I've got probably 15 to 20 songs pretty much done that I'm trying to figure out releases um, and just trying to navigate this thing. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, there's a lot of awesome parts of being an independent artist and, and with the way the world's going and the way that we can reach people now. And then there's also a lot of challenges with that, with the, with the fact that everyone is doing it and there's a lot of traffic on the interstate. You know what I mean? It's just like people are over, um, I guess they're, I think they're kind of overstimulated. You know, we're, we're all overstimulated with just stuff from every angle. Every time you log into something, you're seeing more content, more content. It's like, it's tough. I'm trying to figure out ways to create more meaningful, more meaningful interactions. And that's the texting thing I did. I wanted to have more meaningful interactions because I think it fits my brand more. It fits who I am. It fits the type of music that I make. So I'm just trying to figure that out. I don't know what that is yet, but any ideas? Like I said earlier, <laughs> people hit me up. You got ideas? <laughs> so, working on it. That's awesome. I, I love hearing that you've got new music coming out and uh, more videos and stuff. Um, and I love the texting thing. Uh, I actually shared it with my daughter because we're always looking at ways to communicate uh, with authors and communicate with people. And I'd never seen that done just like that and I went through and did it and of course you texted me back you kept yep. your promise yep um and uh working I've almost, I'm almost rounded up the the initial responses to everybody that's texting wow so, wow yeah. how many texts did you get I don't even know probably <laughs> I don't know pro between probably 500 and a thousand <laughs> yeah so it's been <laughs> my, my wrist yeah. this has been been killing me but yeah you know, yeah well, that's awesome. Well, Mitch, I, I look, I'm so glad I met you that day in the airport. And, uh, like, like I told you, um, you're, you're always on my upcoming, uh, prayer list, interest list, you know, um, you know, love what you're doing, love your heart. And so thankful you took time to do this today because, um, I, I love hearing from people that don't have all the answers, but they're learning them. And, uh, those are the best people to hear from because they're in the midst of finding the answers and learning. And, and so many people, like I said, will listen to this at some point. And I truly believe not only they're going to find out about you and if they love country music, check you out, check out some of your music, but just listening to your climb, but listening to some of the things you've said, uh, you, you've got wisdom beyond your age, unless you're really hiding 80 years underneath <laughs> that, uh, young hair and all that. But, uh, 
I, I so appreciate you being on here uh, with me today. It was an honor and a privilege. I appreciate you uh, asking me. It's been great. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, you asked great questions, and I just uh, thank you for giving me a chance to, to chat with you. I appreciate it. That's awesome. Well, we appreciate you. Well, yeah. I'm so thankful. Uh, you know, I got to meet Mitch and, and hear his story, and I just want to share with everybody that uh, on living a life worth remembering, the whole uh, reason I do this, and I take time to bring people in and share their story, whether they're an artist or an author, pastor or CEO is so that you can take away something from what you've heard today and put it in your own life so that you can pursue your dream and you can also build a lasting legacy. So I can't thank you enough for joining us today, for tuning in. I just want to encourage you, please share with others uh, on YouTube, Coach Don Newman, or you can also uh, listen to the podcast, uh, that's on Apple, living a life worth remembering. If you do go on YouTube, make sure that you subscribe. That way you'll get uh, when a new episode is uploaded. And so uh, share this with other people because I really believe that they're going to be encouraged by listening to uh, what Mitch shared today and some of these truths. And so uh, I can't thank you enough for joining and tuning in. And I'm praying that each of you that the waves and ripples, the, the waves you make in your life today will become uh, waves in the future that will touch other lives in the future. Uh, God bless each and every one of you, and I'll look forward to talking to you later on.